Well, good morning, everybody. This is Mark Tackett again here at First Baptist Church, Santo, Texas, and I'm with my good friend, David Ramsey, Dr. David Ramsey, someone I respect and admire very much and look up to, very interesting person. Um, the more I learn about him, the more interesting he comes out to me. And uh, so anyway, I'm very thankful to have him here this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit about his life, some of his life decisions, some of his his insight. Uh, I actually go to a Bible study on Wednesday night that David teaches, and he's been in the book of John. And one thing I've learned about David, he uh, does a very in-depth study of himself, and he told me the other night, maybe a little bit too much, uh, and, he, and he likes different versions and uh, different references, and so it's always really, really interesting, and people really enjoy his getting to go to the, whenever David does a Bible study or anything else here at the church. So, David, uh, tell us a little bit about your personal life. Where, where, were you, where were you raised, and a little bit about your family now? All right. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I uh, grew up in West Texas, Monahans. The uh, I went to a Methodist church uh, growing up. My uh, uh, folks had been Methodist uh, for years, and hmm. that's where I uh, uh, was first uh, uh, going to church. And uh, uh, and then uh, from uh, Monahans, I uh, uh, went to the University of Texas. I was uh, running track at that time. Monahans won state. My senior year, first time they had ever won state and track. Wow! And and so uh, it allowed several of us on the team to uh, obtain uh, track scholarships, and because uh, uh, we got a lot of exposure because of that. And uh, in what uh, events did you run in track? Ran the mile, uh, mile run. Still hold, school, you still hold the mile record in Monahans, Texas. Really? Yeah, largely because they don't run the mile anymore. They run the sixteen hundred meters. So. Uh, I, my my record is kind of safe for that right. reason, but wow. uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, and then from from uh, University of Texas at Austin, graduated in 1970, went down to Galveston to medical school, and then uh, 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 did a, a, a accelerated program down there. Dixon and I were already married at that time. We got married our my second year and her first year, after her first year, after my second year at, at Texas. So that's where y'all met, was at school? Uh, no, Dixie and I were sweethearts from about our sophomore year in oh, high school. Really? Uh, yeah, so uh, now we have some off and ohms during that period of time. Uh, and, uh, uh, but uh, uh, basically we were, we were together from uh, uh, her uh, sophomore, my junior year of high school on, on the, uh, till we got married. And uh, in fact, Eddie, uh, our oldest son, was born the uh, uh, summer before I started the medical school. And uh, so and then after I finished the uh, program at uh, Galveston, I went up to uh, Iowa in 1973 and did a residency for three years in family medicine and then, uh, and then practiced for two years in a little town called Fairfield, Iowa, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, three older family physicians that, that uh, really uh, taught me as much, I think, as I had learned in the, in the three-year residency program. Uh, it was really what, what uh, I think uh, uh, kept me inspired to stay in family medicine. So right. Enjoying that. Well, then where did you go from, from there? From Fairfield, we practiced for two years in that fair, uh, Fairfield. And then uh, in 1978, we moved to Mena Wells and uh, 
uh, I opened a, a, a solo practice in the office with uh, Bill O'Quinn and, and Dell Hamilton uh, mm -hmm. at that time. And uh, then uh, uh, some years after that, Ty Gore and I started uh, the Family Practice Center there in Mineral Wells. Okay. Well, what led you to become a doctor? You're, you're going, did, were, did you go into college thinking that's the direction you wanted to go? Or, or did, was, did you ever change it during that time? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I went in with that goal uh, in mind. Uh, uh, I'll just tell you a little story there. Uh, when uh, when uh, Dixie and I started dating, she had a little brother uh, that was two years younger than her by the name of Eddie uh, Lewis. Oh, and wow. and uh, uh, so uh, anyway, Eddie developed leukemia, and uh, uh, he uh, uh, suffered with that for about about five years, four or five years, uh, uh, and he passed on when he was about 16 years of age and uh, was devastating. At least he was a freshman at Texas when that uh, happened. And, uh, you know, and, and in the process of being involved with all of that, I decided, you know, that was really something I could, I could do something, uh, learn some more about and do that. And, and uh, so I decided then, I'd, you know, if I could, I'd get into medical school. And, uh, 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 that uh, uh, took some sacrifices it, after running track for two years and maintaining about a B average I decided well and my advisor told me too you know you're not going to get into medical school with a B average you're going to have to get it up and uh, so I dropped out of track and, and started uh, applying myself a little <laughs> bit more to my books right. and uh, uh, ended up uh, uh, getting in well that's awesome well I know you Another thing I know about David is he loves his family. Mm -hmm. So share a little bit about your family. I know you love your kids, and mm -hmm. I, I really admire and respect the the togetherness of your family. I, I last Sunday I, I looked over at your family and I saw four generations of ladies sitting there. Mm -hmm. You know that's on your uh, on your wife's side, but I mean that that says something to me because mm -hmm. family was important to me and mm -hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it, it is a very big part of my life. The uh, 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 Dixon and I have been married for uh, 52, going on 53 years now. And uh, uh, lots of ups and downs, difficult times during medical school, difficult times during the time when I'm trying to, to practice and, and really focused more on, on uh, the business side of my right. life than I was on, on family and, and uh, where I need to be and what I ought to be doing. Uh, but uh, anyway, it uh, uh, it's all worked out well. It seems like we're uh, kind of an unusual situation. We just kind of refer to it as the compound out there now. <laughs> yeah. There's actually three families, and then uh, 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 one of the well, Amber's son uh, lives in a trailer house. It's a on deal. So there's almost four families that uh, are uh, uh, on the ranch. That's a, that's a good and a bad, you know. It's, it's very good because you, you know, we eat dinner together at least uh, once or twice a week. Uh, the whole, the, everybody? Yeah, at least 10 of us wow. will be at that. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, a, that's uh, awesome uh, and really uh, unusual. It's it almost is. like Doug Dynasty, you know. It is. <laughs> but it means that you can't have any ongoing fights with anyone uh, without uh, interrupting the uh, uh, flow of things a little bit. So uh, it's a, uh, kind of a, and and it and it, I think it's good because you're there for people if they need you 
uh, right. to talk and, and to help. Uh, but but you want to, addiction app especially, have to be very careful that, you know, we're not uh, trying to run somebody else's life. You know, right. Uh, you you, you want to help them, but you yeah. want them to have their own life. And so you, you pick up a lot of pieces, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. We kind of uh, uh, pick up the slack, too, when, uh, you know, there's something to be done. If You know, that's the only thing about being retired is that uh, now you, uh, you're right. available for that right. sort of thing. Well, I may have mentioned to you, but I can't help but ask. You know, the Bible, Paul refers refers a lot of times to our, our, or he, his own personal uh, journey with Christ as a as a race, something like what you do in track. And uh, David shared with me that he still. You might share a little bit about what you know that you're picking up and fixing to run again. That you haven't stopped running, mm-hmm. and relate, if you would, uh, maybe. How you see the your your walk with Christ uh, along with how you discipline yourself in because David still runs. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think you're right, Mark. The uh, uh, everybody uh, uh, forgets the I think the importance of, of just persevering, of, of just persevering. Uh, you know, in, in a direction that you want to go, uh, you'll have you know, valleys and hills and things to get over and get by, but, but you're, the perseverance is what gets you there. I, you know, uh, I had a goal uh, when I retired. I retired at age 60, which is kind of young, but I had a lot of things I wanted to do on the ranch. And I had one goal that, you know, I'd been riding a bike and done some triathlons and things like that, and I thought, you know, it would really be cool to ride your bicycle all the way across the United States and, and uh, uh, a trip of about... 3,500 miles, mm-hmm. and and uh, but the normal trips are uh, three months uh-huh. uh, to do that, and I thought you know I can't take three months off, uh, be away from my family <laughs> and everything for three months. Well, then uh, in 2008 they uh, did a special trip, a 48 a 40 day trip uh, across the United States. Eight days of it were rest days and, and laundry days and things like that, but but. Anyway, uh, I said, you know, I'm going to try to do that. I, I called, and they were only taking 40 people. I called, and, and they said, uh, uh, I'm sorry, we're full. And I said, oh, okay. So I'll put you on the waiting list. And I said, okay, put me on the waiting list. Well, and then I bumped along there, and about a week before time to go, they called and said, hey, you still want to go? We had a last-minute cancellation. I said, yeah, I'll go. And, and uh, oh, wow. uh, so uh, I... I uh, t- loaded up my bicycle and Dixie, and we drove to Seattle to uh, get on the uh, to get on the deal and, and to start the trip. But the point of all that is that each day you would ride a certain mile. We averaged about 80 miles a day, but it seemed like a daunting task, you know, when you think about how far it is. But each day you made progress, and each day you were a little closer to that goal. And, and it just seems like it keeps piling on. And then somewhere, I don't know, maybe a third to half the way through, you thought, you know, I got this. I'm going to do it. And, and you know, you got where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I think it really encouraged me to think about not worrying so much about the big picture, but to look at each day. You know, what are you going to get done that day toward that goal? That's and, good. And you can apply that to, to learning scripture right. uh, uh, too. Well, I think as my devotional this morning, the Lord 
uh, one of my devotionals basically said to depend on me this day. You know, don't worry about tomorrow or next week or next month. And you can't do anything about the past, but, you know, focus on living for me today. And that's kind of what you said in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you got, it doesn't matter what, what the road looks like tomorrow if you don't get through today, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, well, David, we've been studying in the book of John on Wednesday night. And uh, I'm going to, instead of, well, I'm gonna, I am going to, last week we finished up with, um, Jesus healing the man at the pool of Bethsaida that had been there for 38 years. And Jesus asked him, what did he, uh, what do you want? And he said, well, whenever the, the waters stir, somebody always gets in ahead of me and I'm just, I'm an invalid. I can't, I can't really get around. And then Jesus told him to get up his mat, get up, get up, and take up his mat and walk. And uh, it just happened to be on the Sabbath, or uh, and uh, so in verse sixteen, it says so. And the so is because of what just happened ahead of this. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, "My Father is always." at his work to this very day, and I also am working. So Jesus basically saying that even though it was a Sabbath, his father works on the Sabbath, and he does too. Uh, and it says, for this reason, that Jesus tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. What, what do you think about those scriptures right there? And how do you relate that to your own life? Well, I think that certainly points out uh, what Jesus felt like that that, that the, the Pharisees and the, the leaders at that time had it backwards. Uh, the uh, uh, the Sabbath was not created for for um, for man. Man was created, you know, to serve on the on the Sabbath uh, for rest on the on the Sabbath. And and uh, uh, you know, it, it's uh, there are things that let's face it need to be done every day you know and and there are some things that the pharisees would consider work that were really life-saving things uh in today's language that might be a, a hospital emergency room open on sunday or you know first responders responding to a car wreck or to something like that you know but but uh the point is that there's a difference between doing work to get yourself ahead and doing work to help mankind or to further the word of God or to right. uh, do it, you know, uh, Chris Weaver and John David, they work every Sunday, right. you know, uh, right. uh, but, but uh, uh, they're uh, uh, in a type of uh, role that, that we need them there right. on, on the Sabbath. I was just thinking that a lot of times, you know, folks are in the hospital and they're laying there, they don't feel good, they're sick. And what if your doctor didn't choose to come by on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, and just that they don't know where they'll make it till the next Monday. Mm-hmm. Man, one of the things that does a heart more good than anything would just be see that doctor walk through the door. And I'm sure you've experienced that in your life to have some yeah. patients that were really glad to see you when you walked in, weren't they? Yeah, it's a humbling experience to, uh, uh, to have people, you know, that put so much value in, in the... Uh, uh, and just seeing you and hearing you talk to them a little bit, even though you may not 
have any profound words of, of mm -hmm. uh, wisdom about their disease or about their prognosis right. or whatever. It's just that that touch, that mm -hmm. uh, that uh, act of being there and caring, and mm -hmm. a lot of times that does a lot of good, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, David, this morning I was thinking, I have really noticed uh, the display of anger when I'm in my car in the last the last month. Matter of fact, I, I normally drive a little Prius just because of gas mileage between here and work, just because it's so economical, but I made the decision, I think I'm gonna start driving my pickup again, just because, I don't know, because if it's a little car or what, that I bet I've had six instances where I've had people demonstrate road rage towards me, uh, just because maybe they pull, I pulled out a little bit too, too close. I, either I didn't see them, or I don't. I don't think I did anything to inflame anybody. But uh, as a as a doctor, what kind of manifestation does that have in people's lives when they just live in anger all the time? When they when they live to the point that they're about to explode? Have you seen that in your practice? Yeah, you know. Of course, I've been retired for a while and, and don't see. Uh, that on a daily basis, but just in interactions with other people, you know, there's, uh, y you know, let's face it, our, our country has become so politicized that, that uh, uh, now uh, even more, I think, than, than race or anything else, any other division, uh, it uh, has to do with your politics of, of what you believe the government's role should be in, in our lives, whether it should be a major factor or or a secondary factor to what your free choice is, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but you're right, Mark. The uh, uh, people's tolerance uh, and people's uh, 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 willingness to to compromise has has been eroded uh, tremendously. Uh, uh, I think one of the greatest tragedies of the last several years is, you know. When I was growing up, you know, you watched Walter Cronkite on mm -hmm. on the CBS News and. Basically, when he said it, that was you figured that was right. true because he said it, and and uh, I or, believe, or believe Paul me. Harvey or anybody right. else that that uh, like that. But now you 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 just have to wonder: is there an agenda behind uh, things that you see? And it and it, that's a disappointing thing that that leads to I think some uncertainty in your life about what's really going on and what's really happening mm -hmm. that you may not know. This COVID, you know what. How many people are actually dying? Is the vaccine working? Do, do people have side effects from the vaccine? Mm -hmm. It's real difficult to, to really determine that nowadays. You have to really dig, and even then, it depends on where you look as to what you're going to find. Right. You know, uh, so it's a it's a difficult time. I'm not sure that you know. We always think, I guess, that we're living in a time that nobody else has ever experienced. But I'm sure there's been other other times. Uh, uh, I think about the the Great Plague, you know, when they had bubonic plague right. in the 1300s, wow. wiped out, you know, just a very significant per, uh, percentage of the whole world's population. And I'm sure they thought, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Right. You know? And uh, uh, so uh, it's not unprecedented, but certainly uh, uh, very confusing and very uh, disheartening. Right. Well, David, um, Wednesday night, you ask everyone to kind of share with a, a chapter or some scripture out of John. What is some scripture or a chapter out of John that you have really enjoyed and uh, you might share with, with the okay. folks tonight right. a well, little bit? 
Uh, we try we, we to change stuff, uh, and Mark rightfully pointed out to me that part of the reason I changed it up was because it was getting too much work to uh, prepare <laughs> everything and, and give a one-hour lecture to uh, uh, a class on, on something. And so I kind of threw it back in their lap and said, uh, all right, guys, next time uh, you guys pick your own verse out, and we're going to talk about that verse. And, and the verse, and I said, it can be a verse or it can be a chapter or whatever, but the one I chose was, was uh, John 17. And, and uh, John 17, the entire chapter of, of the, 17th chap the 17th chapter of John is, is a prayer by Jesus uh, for three groups of people. Uh, and, and, and to put it in context, this prayer is uh, before, is the very last recorded words of Jesus before he goes to the Mount of Olives and is d d betrayed by, by Judas and arrested. And, Sort of thing. So it's the last uh, words that we have of John that, that uh, before he's arrested, and uh, I'm sorry, not not it's the last words of Jesus by John uh, before he's arrested. But he, he prays to three groups of people. First, he prays for himself, which on the surface is a little bit, you know, strange. You think, well, uh, Jesus is God. Why does he pray for himself? Well, he's not God in this in the in this role that he's in right now. He's he's uh, he's fully human, and and so he has the fears and the anxieties that all of us have. And facing what he's facing, it's understandable that that he would want some support. And so he prays uh, uh, that that uh, he tells uh, God that uh, in verse one, that uh, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you. And uh, so he's praying uh, uh, for uh, uh, for himself in, in the first part, and then a little further down uh, he uh, uh, switches and and prays for his uh, disciples, uh, the 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 uh, eleven men at this point in time, uh, because Judas has already split off, and and uh, uh, he prays that uh, uh, that his disciples uh, will be protected and they will understand why he has done what he has done and and what's going to happen after uh, he does. So starting in verse 6, uh, uh, he, he asks God to watch over those men and to protect them and to make them aware of why he goes away. And he tells them, don't worry about it because I'm sending someone to take my place in your life. And... and uh, uh, tells them about the uh, Holy Spirit. And then lastly, he uh, talks about uh, uh, praying, and, and I never really thought about this uh, uh, much uh, in the past, uh, uh, but Jesus prays for all future believers, which uh, uh, when you think about it is pretty profound because that's us. Uh, uh, in verse 20, he says, I, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, talking about his disciples. Uh, so through these 11 men, uh, there will be eventually millions of believers that come behind uh, uh, those men. And he's praying for those people at that time. And, uh, 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 and then he... Uh, 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 closes out with some uh, uh, statements here in verse 25. says, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these 
uh, have known uh, th uh, these men have known you that known that you sent me and I have declared to them your name and I will declare it that the love uh, which with which you love me may be in them and I in them so he he uh, uh, kind of wraps it all up with a with a kind of a blanket of love and support for these people and then the very next statement in verse 18 says after Jesus had spoken these words he went out with his disciples uh, over the uh, brook Kidron uh, up into the garden uh, which he and his disciples had uh, uh, been before the Mount of Olives where he was arrested so this is immediately before that and really the last words that Jesus said that John records but uh, I, I got a lot out of that uh, uh, verse and, and uh, it, it's always for me interesting when you're reading any author in the, in the, in the Bible, uh, particularly Paul, I think, uh, to, to look at, at the various books that Paul wrote and then look at the very last books that, that he wrote uh, to Timothy and to Titus and things because it seems like Paul matured in his faith like we all do. Mm -hmm. and, and his message changes a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. It, yeah, I think it gets a little bit more urgent, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, toward the end of his life. Uh, he knows that, that he's probably going to not survive. And, and, uh, but uh, that, that was what we talked about uh, on Wednesday. I thought it was a good well, session. Well, and, then, and then everybody else kind of entered in with their own verses. It was good. Well, uh, Ben, we didn't even get to your testimony. Uh, I don't mind sharing. The, uh, uh, you know, I, I think like we talked about earlier, I, uh, I kind of feel like uh, I came in through the back door. The uh, I, uh, 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 first time I remember praying was when, when Dixie's brother Eddie uh, got uh, cancer, uh, got leukemia, and uh, prayed, and, and uh, uh, he died. And I didn't feel that that was uh, really... Uh, uh, very helpful, obviously, and and it really discouraged me toward uh, uh, putting a lot of faith in the Lord. And I guess for the next, uh, you know, twenty years or so, I really, even after medical school and things like that, didn't really have a, a strong basis. Uh, probably didn't attend church, you know, much for uh, a number of years there in school and things like that. You know, you'd be on call on weekends and things, and 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 so I just kind of got out of the habit. And uh, kind of fell away, and then uh, 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 we, uh, uh, when we left Minnow Wells, came down to Santo. I, uh, 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 Dixie would tell me, "You need." Dixie was going to hear uh, Fred Johnson uh, do a Bible study on this right. night. She says, "You need to come here, Fred." And I said, "Well, you know, I know Fred," and, I, and, uh, and so I decided to, to come. And, and I was amazed. Fred knows his Bible, and and. Uh, uh, quite a Christian man, and, and uh, uh, then uh, 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 Fred uh, uh, got older, as we all do, and Jim Luby was here as pastor at that time and took over the Wednesday night program and started a, the Bible in, through one year uh, program, and, uh, uh, and uh, we went, and I was going to that on a pretty regular basis, and then Jim got a call to another church and, and left, and I was kind of thrown into the to the uh, uh, mix there, and who wants to lead this Bible study? And yeah. nobody really wanted to do that. So 
we, we had a program, so I said, I'll, I'll do that, you know. But it was really during that Bible study of really researching and getting, that I began to get closer and closer to the Lord. And I think that, that rather than one giant epiphany one night or one morning that uh, uh, I belonged to Christ, I just really gradually realized that over time that, that, uh, that I needed to mend my ways and change some things and thoughts and things like that and, and have, have uh, uh, to a large degree done that. Certainly uh, got a ways to go. But but uh, that's uh, basically what happened. Well, that's awesome. And, and anybody out there listening, you can see why. Uh, you know, my heart. I I love to be here on Wednesday night. I, there's a lot of times there's struggles that prevent me from it. But man, what a blessing to be being there and, and get to share share with you. Because David shared with me that sometimes he spends six or eight hours preparing for. And it becomes a burden, and then it's 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 not much fun at, at some point. That's just that's probably because that's what drove allowed David to be a doctor is because uh, the level at which he studies and and it lives his life, and he and he lives it uh, running the same way. Uh, it's amazing to me for him to he told me how many, what he's working up to now that that this summer you want to run a. Uh, I've been trying to run a trail marathon, yeah. I've never run a trail marathon. I've run close to it. I've run 22 miles through the woods, but, but uh, uh, it, well, uh, well, it takes I, a I admire that, and, and that gives me a little something to, to push towards in a, in a smaller way. Uh, anyway, I sure thank you for being here today, and, and let me close this with prayer this morning. And, okay. And uh, Father God, we come before you through your precious son, Jesus. I thank you for so many things. And I thank you for David and his life, his testimony. I thank you for his family. And I, I thank you for him being here at this church and, and being a, a pillar to this whole, this whole surrounding area as a doctor and as someone for people, as a leader for people to look to. And then also as a leader within this church and sharing his life with others because lord i know it's certainly a blessing to me i thank you god you're so good you're very kind you're so so good and you're faithful in your name we pray jesus amen amen